0: Hello and welcome to Footnotes. Here I am with uh, Matthew Heritage. Say hello. Hi. That is a good hello. Well, it actually was a hi, which isn't good enough. But anyways, so, hello again. And this time, what do you have for me?
1: We're going to be talking about the first train ever. Oh,
0: I love trains. I
1: love trains.
0: You the know first ch- one. The first
1: one. Yeah, the real, like, the real first one. Well, actually, you, think we you might think that something one? like that would be quite uncontroversial, but you'll, you'll be surprised about about um, the
0: how how controversial yeah. a train is i don't about think a train can be that more specifically
1: controversial. the first train but because like first in history they're always like well this guy did it first but then he didn't do it properly but then there was this other guy who just did it more like, properly hmm. you know what
0: you know what this, tra- this reminds me of something it's like the very first episode you know discovery of america hmm yeah, yeah. yeah. it's so interesting. He's the first
1: guy but then he just kind of went there and didn't do much and left so like how much is that important but <laughs> we'll get into all that
0: so, <laughs> okay. we're going to be more... I'm going to lay out, basically. You're going to get... Okay, you're going to lay out. What three
1: you lay out? three options that I think you could make a case for uh, any of the three of them being the first real so, railway. So,
0: you're showing me these three candidates and you're asking me to yeah. like, choose which one. Yeah, one
1: was 1804, one was 1825, and one was, I believe, 1830. Okay, and I wow. think... okay, the timing is quite... So it, it's actually quite a narrow span of time. Yeah. Um, but the one that I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I think it deserves the official title, the first train ever, is okay. Stockton and Darlington Railway, okay. which was operational from 1825 to 1863. Um, well, so we'll the name Stockton Darlington Railway is not referring to a specific train. It's a it's a company. It's a railway company created by an Act of Parliament. They were operational for about. Uh, four decades or so and i believe that they ran the what should be counted as the first train but like let's get into the stuff of like what is a train okay what is a train train. now okay so you tell me what you think a train
0: is. ah so you want sort of my version of what like the ideal train is right okay whenever i think of a train you know i i like thinking of those massive old like locomotive ones you know those ones that like go chugga 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 choo choo you know you see the big you know like plume is it plumes you know all this the massive cloud of steam rising out you know i i feel like uh, when when you look at like the whole train i feel like only really the front of the train matters you know that whole like engine you know the whole train you know chugging along to me that is the train
1: right okay well there are that's that's i would say that's that's sort of along the same kind of lines as what i would say first of all it has to be on in in my view it has to be on metal rails first thing Hmm. uh okay can't be on wooden rails it has to be uh use steam like yeah i agree with the steam. I, i think that's part of the definition it has to be steam or obviously trains now they use electricity but before it was steam so it has to be steam powered locomotion and to me for it to be the real first train like it has to be used commercially. It can't just be, like, a Steam engine attached to, like, a few carriages as, like, a showpiece. Ooh. It has to be used by a real company to do real commercial activity, okay? But we're, mm. we're, we, we can we'll get into ca- all that when we go yeah. through the three sh- candidates, Show me okay? the
0: candidates first, you know, okay, before so I start before complaining.
1: We'll do... What, what did they use before Steam, right? So, before Steam... Right. Um... Coal was transported by horsepower, essentially everything was transported by horsepower, and by canals. So, in the uh, northeast of England, which is where Stockton and Darlington are, um, Coal is a heavy coal mining region, and all the coal was transported either by canal or by horsepower. Horses would actually use uh, tracks, they would pull carriages along tracks, so that's why you can't say a train is just the track, it also has to be steam locomotion. Now, steam power had been used for many things during the 18th century. Uh, If you know anything about James Watts, you'll know loads about that and kind of Industrial Revolution history. But it wasn't Mm. until the early 19th century that uh, uh, steam locomotion emerged, okay? And so this brings us into candidate number one, a guy called Trevithick, uh, Richard Trevithick. In 1804, he built the first working steam locomotive. He was a uh, Cornish engineer, so he's from Cornwall in the southwest of England. Nice. Um, and his first unnamed steam locomotive in 1804 hauled five wagons of iron and 70 men nine miles in the south of Wales. So it's not, it's not like a short distance, and it was carrying quite a lot of stuff. Yeah, so you've got that, a, that, that's the, a train. This, that's so a train. We're, so this, to me, this is clearly a demonstration of, like, what is possible using steam locomotion and... It did carry things, you know, it wasn't just carrying nothing. It carried things. It carried some passengers as well. Yeah, that's good. That's um, a train. That, it sounds a lot like a train, it's right? A, I'm
0: imagining what I'm imagining a train right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But
1: in, in my opinion, this doesn't really count as the first train ever because it was still in the prototype stage, right? It's still the primary function of this was to see what is possible, it's like engineers are playing around with things at this point they're getting their feet wet into steam locomotion
0: you know but the prototype should still be a train
1: you you could
0: say that right? i think but, it should still but be. i think
1: when we're talking about historical first right we got to go with what's historically significant and stockton darlington we'll get into is much more historically okay, okay. significant much more and so in 1808 four years later trevor Thick made a locomotive go 12 miles an hour around a and this is important a circular track in london so it starts in place and then it ends up in the same place that yeah. proves my point doesn't it because if it if it starts in point a and it ends in point a it's a showpiece you're demonstrating so it does not stop along the demonstrating way demonstrating to his investors what is possible right he's basically just had a train just go around a circular track over and over 12 miles an hour Right it wasn't like we're gonna get coal from stockton to darlington like the commercial mindset to me is what is important right
0: fine well we'll I will discuss this after you show me and I, I need you know i need to see the full range of options you
1: should yeah don't 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 make your mind up i won't start shouting at you now
0: i'll shout at you later okay try try and show me you know just stockton darlington or any others and flee. so
1: there were a few more steam locomotives created in the 1810s but we're not going to talk about those because trevor thick was the first guy to have a, a steam locomotive right okay but in my opinion the 1810s people they were still in the prototype stage they weren't ready for commercial use and so historically speaking i don't think they deserve the first train title right or okay. the first like a railway service you know mm-hmm. uh so and this brings us into a really important person called george stevenson and George Stevenson uh, was a civil engineer, like Trevithick, um, and he was not the first person to build a functional locomotive, but he improved on the design so drastically that his first um, creation of the railway company, the Stockton-Darlington Railway Company, is considered by many, including myself, to be the first train. And so he drastically improved on the designs of people like Trevithick, the people in the 1810s, and he saw the demand of, for coal as central to the Industrial Revolution. For him, everything was about coal. The yeah, amount he, coal, he was right. The amount of coal you can transport, and the faster you can do it, and the cheaper you can do it, mm. everything gets better from there, you know? Okay. Coal was central. And so, early planning uh, was began for some way to transport coal from uh, the Stockton Collieries to Darlington. Um, and... A canal was initially proposed, because that's how they did it for, like, decades and centuries. You just use canals. Yeah. But this was soon updated to horse-pulled carriages, also on rails. Um, But it was Stevenson, after studying the designs, he claimed that steam locomotion could pull 50 times the load of horses. And then so, the guy commissioning the Stockton Directing Railway, a guy called Edward Pease, he was eventually convinced by Stevenson, and so... Um, George's son Robert Stevenson actually did the bulk of the surveying work, and track uh, was began being laid during um, the early 1820s. And the rails, right, this is a, this is going to be a, another important part of why I think this is historically the most should be considered the first train. The rails used on the Stockton Darlington Railway were four feet eight inches. And why this is that gauge, such a big deal? Because, right, almost all countries in the world still use that gauge that uh, George Stevenson chose. Four foot, eight and a half inches. Okay. And it's actually called the Stevenson Gauge, and almost all countries use it still, because railways emanated from uh, the north northeast of England to all of England, then to uh, mainland Europe, then to the rest of the world, and so basically everyone, it was all going back to the Stevenson Gauge, right? Right. So, um, in 1823, r- the Robert uh, Stevenson Company opened in 1823 and pr- pr- produced a uh, locomotive steam engine called Locomotion Number 1. Good name. good Classic name, right? Classic. I mean,
0: you can't what go wrong it? with a name like it? that. What was it? Locomotion. What was it? Oh, it's the first one we made. Okay. Locomotion Number 1. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, fair, right? <laughs> Not the most creative, uh, but, it, no, it, it, but it, it, it will
1: do. Actually, now we'll get into uh, George Stevenson came out with a, uh, with a far more creative name for a, uh, a different one, but that's okay. later. Um, and so the completed uh, locomotive was moved from Newcastle, where they were all made, um, to Darlington in 1825. And on the 26th of September, the eve of the opening, locomotion number one was connected to the passenger coach uh, called Experiment. And during the open, on the 27th mm-hmm. of September, locomotion number one, uh, 27th of September is the date that I consider to be the beginning of the railway age. Mm-hmm. Um, locomotion number one was attached to the passenger coach experiment along with 21 coals of wagon. And about 450 to 600 people were also on the train, some in their own carriages, but some were literally sitting on top of the coal wagons, on top of the coal in the coal wagons because they just wanted to be on the first train. Um, Sure, that's safe. Yeah. Yeah, very safe. Uh, Health and safety regulation had yet to uh, really really come in at this point. (laughs) Uh, So people were just sitting on top of the coal and it arrived in Darlington from Stockton 2 hours later averaging a whopping 8 miles an hour. Whoa. Yeah, but Actually. then the,
0: the the traffic train went around the circular track 12 miles per hour.
1: It did, but that was so it's slower was so, so it wasn't getting any better. That's a more controlled environment as well. Uh, uh, okay. This but this is the, and they're hauling much more stuff, right? Fine. I mean 21 <laughs> wagons of coal, that's a lot of coal, right? <laughs> okay. One one like wagon on a train is you know big you know, okay yeah it's,
0: it's a huge okay racket. right
1: and then so so far i've provided lots of pieces of evidence of why this is good right yeah get the, the gauge the fact that it was used commercially mm-hmm. but get this right it's also due to historical importance by 1827 by the start of 1827 so only about a year after the opening the price of coal in the northeast of england had halved it had halved <sighs> simply because of improvements in transport. Well,
0: because they had more coal there.
1: Because it was so much cheaper to transport. Basically, it, oh. it was... Right, I, I did this... Uh, I had this lecture in early modern history. Right. Basically, before the Industrial Revolution, for every 10 miles a item had to travel on land, the price of it would double. Every Jeez. 10 miles you had to move it on land.
0: Oh, my...
1: God. And so prices for things were dependent almost more... On where you got them, rather than what they are, right? And so yeah, I, I, I can see, I'm starting to see how that would make
0: sense now. Yeah, like if you have uh, something from a faraway land, its worth just goes up like incredibly high. So yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 it makes sense. Mm. Um, and so
1: and also I love the historical importance of the Stockton Darlington Railway. Is in fact that it was established as a public company in its own right by an Act of Parliament. So people like Trevor Thicke and the people at 18 cents—they didn't bother with any of that stuff. They were—they were still the mindset of them was they were still playing with new technology. They were trying to make breakthroughs, which is important, but they're not trying to solve a problem, right? George Stevenson's mindset was: there is a problem, I'm going to solve it, and I'm going to use this technology. I'm going to improve it drastically, um, and then going to create the first train. But there are there is some problems, right? Okay. The first one. Is that the Stockton and Darlington Railway throughout its uh, most of its existence continued to use a mix of steam and horsepower for its operation? Oh no, right? that doesn't count. But we have a third option. Oh, okay, another one. Right? The Liverpool and Manchester Railway, mm-hmm. right? Probably cities that the listeners will have more likely have heard of than Stockton and Darlington. The Liverpool and Manchester Railway um, was constructed throughout the 1820s and. Um, was launched in 1830, mm-hmm. and uh, with this is uh, kind of like a fun little side note. With construction nearing completion in 1829, a competition was held to see who would build the locomotives. Oh! Uh, and the in the what was called the Rainhill Trials, the locomotive Rocket, designed by George Stevenson, probably a little bit better name than Locomotion Number no. One. Much I mean, better, Rocket. Come on. That's a good uh, name. Was designed by George Stevenson and was the only locomotive to complete the trials, achieving a top speed of thirty miles an hour. Oof. So now, now we're getting somewhere, right? Thirty—that's nice. nice. more. I like the direction whatever, where this is heading. Yeah. Um, and so obviously George Stevenson was uh, given the contract to design uh, and build the locomotives for the trains that would be used on Liverpool and Manchester Railway.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this was the first railway to exclusively use um, steam power, so no more horsepower. Right. And it was intended from the start to have passenger services. George Stevenson with the Stockton Darlington Railway, passenger services services were not essential to him. He was still thinking about coal exclusively, essentially. But Liverpool and Manchester Railway, it was the first first it was the first intercity railway, which matters, and it was the first to really consider the passenger Uh, services as a key part of the business model. It was the first railway to carry mail, which is very historically important about how uh, mail delivery was revolutionized by the railways. And it was hugely influential in uh, further making Stevenson's four foot eight and a half inch gauge, the universal standard. And this is not to do with uh, this other thing is not really to do with um, in terms of like first and stuff like that, but it was hugely profitable returning okay. a 9.5 percent dividend to investors every year a level of profit profitability that no British rail company has ever been able to achieve since Ooh. that's a big deal oh my god 9.5 so that's basically your company gets 9.5 percent bigger every single year for all 15 years of its existence
0: whoa I, I should invest
1: in that well mm. I can't now well you, you can't now but um, I, I would have. <laughs> and so, those are our three options, right? Okay. So, we have the one in 1804 by Trevor Thicke. That's like a prototype, but it is a steam locomotive. It did manage to transport goods and, and people. Yeah. Um, That's the train. That's and the first it train. Or, yeah, okay, we have Stockton at Darlington Railway, it's the first commercially used, historically much more important. Then
0: it's a commercial train.
1: And uh, Liverpool Manchester Railway, first one to have passengers, first one to fully ditch the horse. Okay. And ridiculously profitable okay, what do you then. think tell, okay, tell me right. tell me what so, you're thinking right
0: what i'm going to do right now right i'm going to look at them so you've talked to me about them and i'm right i'm weighing up the pros and cons right so we'll start from liverpool and manchester railway because you just talked about that one so it's 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 fresh in my head right that one okay they completely uh abandoned the horses right yeah okay, that, that's good okay that's a train however though i don't think it's the first one i think Trevithick is the first one. However, though, so I will say the Liverpool and Manchester Railway was the most impactful out of all of them. Because, you know, it's the whole 9.5% dividend, that's amazing. Uh, influential in the Stevenson's 4 feet, 8.5 inches sort of universal standard railway things, and also the whole idea that it can carry mail and stuff. Because, uh, I also find the fact that it can carry mail very important. Because when I was in a lecture um, for modern history, uh, when, when we're talking about like the definition of like modern you know the definition of like modern history because you know it's the first lecture everyone talks about like defining yeah. modern he says that to, he chose to define modern like apart from like new ideas and like all about like liberalism and whatever that's like a different story but he, he 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 approached this like new idea where he was like the time it takes for information to be passed can show like the sort of like a spectrum of modernism so like in the past um the the way information would be traveled is by walking pace, and then nowadays you know you can literally just click a button and then boom it's already there you know it's like email right right so this i think is an example of um just like showing like on the spectrum of modernism you know it's it's having an impact because now instead of uh, walking there you know it's sped up and the um transmission of information from uh, the from each other is way more faster with like with all the, with the liverpool and manchester railway system so therefore then i think this one is the most impactful and also it hit 30 miles per hour god damn that was way quicker than the others
1: yeah no that was that was the top speed the average speed was still like oh 10 to 20.
0: ah so ah oh, well oh, never mind then
1: I, but get, I got you a bit excited with you, you got me excited
0: hour and now you've just let me down yeah oh. how, how does that make you feel
1: i can only apologize
0: but i think i still think though even though that one's the most impactful I say the trevor Thicke one is the first train because it's the first working steam locomotive you know and mm-hmm. it holds five wagons of iron and 70 men nine miles which i think's so think is good so you think that's good enough i think that's good enough i think that already shows that's a train and even though it's a prototype you know wh- when you have um like like the windows os prototypes it's still an operating system yes it may not be like completely completely a hundred percent working it's still it's still like showing the concept and i think even though if it shows the concept it's still going to be the first one for example the Wright brothers when they made the first uh well when they made the first sort of like plane thing in reality though apparently if you look at the videos it's more of a glider or like if if you were there i can't remember i know to too sure, show but apparently though it was more like a glider like it didn't really fly that far mm, it like right. barely flew like they'd, they'd get up and they'd like be near for like two seconds and like land straight away or something it's something really funny i heard of it like in a different podcast but anyways yeah So like that's that was a the concept they're just showing people that oh my god we can start flying you know this i feel is the same way you know this wh- they were showing when they were but when they're when he built the um, circular track, he's, like, showing, like, this This is what I can achieve. And that is the first train. Mm. With, with the Stockton and uh, Darlington, that that one is also, like, pretty impactful. But that was the first commercial one where they had, what was that? Was that the 450 to 600 people just sitting on top yeah, of it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that one, right? that That's who... That, oh, what do I call that? The least impactful? I feel like it's just being a bit... The really least
1: p- impactful? Geez. I
0: feel, well, wow. Out of those three... I think it would be the least. I don't know. I'm tempted to say that, but I find that a bit risky.
1: I'll tell you, like, this might help in getting people to, like, understand what I'm thinking, right? Okay. So, you know, with the beginning of the internet, Internet, it was designed to be used by the military, the U.S. military, for military purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first internet was, was like, ARPANET. The ARPANET, right? Yeah. To me, the ARPANET is Trevithick. Trevithick, you're still in the prototype. You're still very limited in, in like, um, the actual use case scenario. To me, S and D R, Stockton-Darlington Railway, that Ooh. is Tim Berners-Lee bringing the internet into American households. All right, that is that is that is where it starts. That's when the internet begins. When it's not just the military using it, but now everyone can use it.
0: I, I can see your point there, but th- that idea of just this other sort of like steam locomotive train that like taking the mantle, it it doesn't sit well in my head because he he like built like the first prototype and i feel like no matter how hard it is i feel like in my brain if you make the first even if it is a prototype it, it, you still deserve to get the mantle to like number one you know okay mm.
1: well i feel like we could kind of go back and forth with this kind of argument for forever forever in in theory but uh, and i would win obviously well <laughs> well well maybe but we'll let the listeners <laughs> decide for yourself i think i've laid out a compelling case for three Uh, main candidates for what should be considered the first training. Okay. Now, while we could get into um, the kind of broader effects of the railway revolution, we would literally have to be here for, like, several days, endlessly talking. So I'm going to focus on one specific kind of broad effect of um, the railway revolution. And this is from... Uh, a fantastic article. I really, I genuinely recommend that the listeners read the article. Mm-hmm. It's about r- uh, railroad space time. Um, that sounds sa- very futuristic. It sounds like it sounds futuristic. It's actually not futuristic, but oh. it's a very interesting theory that basically, as that humans conceptualize distances, not in uh, like actual distances, but in terms of how long it takes to get from point A to point B. Mm hmm. And so what that means is that if you can decrease travel times, distances shrink. And we're understanding distances not as a, uh, a phys- physical or mathematical like in, like, kilometers. thing, but as a sociocultural phenomenon. Oof. You have to think of distance as socio cultural. And so if you get from point A to point B three times faster than you did before, it feels like the distance is shrinking. And so as tab- as travel times decrease, the world feels smaller. And this this obviously is true in many ways. It's true in that you can get to places faster. It's true, you can send information faster. Um, yeah, that makes sense. The, sh- the shrinking world, right? Yeah. Obviously, nothing is actually shrinking, but socioculturally, right? The city and the countryside become, binded together by the shrinking, oh. you know, travel times, and That's good. Uh, a lot of people. A lot of people living in the countryside were complaining horrifically. One notable example is uh, William Wordsworth, who. Um, the famous poet who uh, complained of railway intrusion in the Lake District that was destroying the kind of the the serene, the calmness of the Lake District. Um, however, another thing that the article talks about is how, as at the same time as space was diminished by decreasing travel times, space was expanded by the opening up of new areas into the transport network, and so areas that were unaccessible by stagecoach previously now become newly accessible so the world becomes smaller in the sense that places are closer but becomes bigger in the sense that there are more places that you can go oh, do you, did you oh. get that oh
0: go- wait okay so okay i think i understand it. so basically it's becoming smaller because you can travel to more places but at the same because time places
1: are socio-culturally closer together
0: so they feel close together. They feel, exactly, so they like, feel instead, closer so together. So, like, for, uh, an example for, uh, we'll use, yeah. okay, London, Newcastle, okay.
1: London, okay.
0: London to Newcastle.
1: I think in the stagecoach age, that would take about a week, I think. Ah,
0: uh, well, that
1: doesn't help. But with the railway, with the early railways, it would take uh, uh, one and a half days, maybe one day. Something so that's like still that. sure
0: to, Oh, yeah, so it's like it's like London to Newcastle, okay. Before it take too long to get there. So then the yeah, universe, so basically, the a normal a normal
1: person like a like a working class person living in London would never even think about oh. going to Newcastle. Newcastle, from a sociocultural perspective, would not exist in their world, right? So in the same way that planes okay. expanded more countries to people's practical ah, like yes. like view of the world, because um. Like if if a country if there's no way economically or physically you can get to another place, it might as well be on the other side of Jupiter. Mm. So before planes were invented, if you lived in the UK, right, Australia might as well be on Venus. Right. It it would have the same effect.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That that makes sense, yeah. I understand it now. <laughs> so then even though like the world is like becoming smaller because I
1: shouldn't I shouldn't actually say Australia before planes because because the how did people get to Australia in the first place. So like before um boats
0: before boats
1: before any boats australia was on the other side of venus you heard it here first guys it's true before <laughs> boats australia, australia was on was venus not on earth it was and then it was moved here okay no but basically right this also led to a loss of a sense of local identity because once goods and services exist on a national scale which mm. they can do because of railways local identi- identity can no longer be defined by um, what products people buy. So the way I think about it is, right, now in supermarkets, people have like, oh, you can buy buy this steak because it's British beef, only British farmers, right? Yeah. You go to like Tesco or Aldi. But before railways or like uh, during the starting period of railways as goods and services became nationalized, mm-hmm. people would, would promote their stuff by being like, oh, this is Cornish beef. This is Staffordshire beef. This is
0: geordie beef so surely this ah okay right now this is interesting because i think this ends up you like it can unite the country because yeah it became it like obviously becomes known then as like british beef i guess Mm. yeah so then it unites the country in that way because then after that all the goods and services moved about you know Mm. however at the same time i feel like this would also disunite them because then they apart from losing a sense of local identity i feel along with that there's also people visiting and imagine like uh, somebody from the south visiting north—it's like I, I have a feeling there's going to be a divide. If like the very first people that went up there yeah. went up all the way to the north, I feel uh, the, well, I don't know if they were posh back then. I assume they were mm-hmm. posh, and then the people in the north would be hardworking. They'd be like, "What is this person doing here?" You know, they never get that. Mm. Yeah, and with all like the different you know like UK like accents, they'd be like, "Oh, this person doesn't understand the local lingo. This is a pain." Yeah, I can see how I can see how they'd be furious at this. Mm.
1: And, uh, yeah, and so one of the key results, right, if you think about it logically, would be a development of nationalism, which was kind of one of the key, um, historical trends of 19th century Europe. One of the main case studies, right, where this was most important was Belgium, where in 1832, um, the, uh, Belgian Revolution, there was a new government that declared independence from the Netherlands, and this, uh, some... Uh, I I can't remember who I read it somewhere where of the Belgian leaders, the politicians said that had it not been for railways, the Belgian revolution could not have succeeded because the Belgian railways linking the major cities like Antwerp and Brussels really binded the nation together. And it was a nation that really needed some binding because half of them spoke Dutch, half of them spoke French, as they still do you know there's culturally mm-hmm. all these different things so people are like what the hell are we doing making this new country that doesn't e- isn't even based on nation you get trains trains create nation states it's true you heard it here
0: wow <laughs> That's that cool. that's a big leap from. I like how like we started from the stupid train just going around a circular track. Yeah, we start
1: from a train go twelve <laughs> miles going an hour al- along, showing so. Oh, isn't that cool? Nation like, states
0: equivalent of like a child's toy set, just showing like his proud parents. The parents being the investor, like look, mom, oh, my made this train. It's going around, yes. and now it's like we create nation states out of this train. Exactly. I I feel we. As a whole, the whole human race entirely, I I think we all underestimate trains. Oh, we
1: do, definitely.
0: Everyone should now, every listener should now go to their parents and, no, 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 actually just go yourself. Just go, like, sit on a train.
1: Yeah, I I know, like, you're being a bit tongue-in-cheek, which is fine, but, like, I genuinely suggest if you have the opportunity, go on a steam train. It's oh. just such a different experience to electric cranes. They're oh, I really do
0: want to go on the steam train. I know, actually. I want to go Cause on Because, you one know, one. the old the old idea, like, imagine just sitting there looking out the window, but then you got, like, you know, mm. the, the slight, because it, it, it won't be smooth, you know. It's not like Japan on, like, the weird magnet railways. it's a little bumpy. It's a little bumpy, but then, you know, it's like... You can hear the choo-choo. Yeah, you can hear the chugga-chugga-chugga, you know. Yeah. It's, it feels like it's got power, you know. It's, like, yeah. huffing and puffing along, you know. It's like mm. it's like a tank, Mm. except not a tank it's like think of it as like a massive person just crawling along the country yeah. side that's an interesting thought actually
1: and uh that's all i have for today any we will remarks? leave on the,
0: we will leave on that interesting thought yeah. that's just, a good this good thought to I'll leave on go man. on a train go on a train go on a train find the next train and just go on it just jump on the train appreciate it give a hug okay well that that's all for me yeah bye yeah i'm done goodbye